Ethical Risks in Auditing. In this article we are going to talk about ethical risks relating to external auditors. The aim is to gain an understanding of the practical issues that auditors must consider relating to ethics at the acceptance stage of an audit. There are three main areas we need to cover here. Threats to objectivity or independence. Conflicts of interest. And breaking confidentiality. Each of these issues need to be addressed when they arise and considered at the acceptance stage of an audit to ensure they do not cause problems for the auditor later in the audit process. Firstly, let us look at threats to objectivity. Objectivity is one of the fundamental principles given in the ethical code. We are told the auditors and accountants should remain objective when making decisions. They should not allow bias and not be influenced by others. However, during an audit, there are many situations where influences could be present, making it difficult to maintain objectivity. These are known as threats to objectivity. We can categorize them into five types of threat. Self-interest. Self-review. Familiarity. Advocacy and intimidation. Firstly, we need to understand what each type of threat is. Then I will take you through some practical examples and how the auditor should manage them. A self-interest threat is where the auditor has a personal interest in the client which could affect the decisions they make on the audit. This could be a financial interest or any other interest that could affect their judgment, which could affect the whole audit, including the opinion. A self-review threat arises where an audit firm may provide other services other than external audits to a client. Other services such as tax and accounting preparation could be completed by an individual who then goes on to work on the audit assignment. The issue is that if they were to audit their own work and discover an error, it would be unlikely that they would admit to it, thereby leaving a potential material misstatement in the financial statements. Familiarity threats are when the auditor is too connected to the client which affects their reaction to things the client does. They can become too trusting of the client's actions which can affect decisions made on the audit compared to other less familiar clients. Advocacy threat is where the auditors could be representing them in some way or promoting them. This could be seen as holding their hand and lacking objectivity needed to form an independent opinion. Finally, intimidation threat is where the client may put pressure on the auditors to threaten them to influence the outcome of the audit. If the auditor identifies any of these threats relating to one or more of their clients, they need to put safeguards in place to reduce the threat to an acceptable level. Our next step is to identify some typical situations that auditors find themselves in relation to these threats and the necessary safeguards that you could recommend. Self-interest threats include owning shares in a client, being too dependent on client fees, and accepting gifts from clients. Owning shares in a client and auditing them could mean you have sensitive information available to your investment. If errors were discovered that reduce the profit, for example, you may not identify them to protect the return on your investment. The safeguard should therefore be to recommend that all shares are sold if taking part on an audit or the individual should not be involved in the audit process. Being too dependent on client fees increases the need to keep them as a client. Auditors may therefore be too lenient with them and allow bias into decisions being made on the audit. The safeguard or recommendations are that there are fee limits for clients within an audit firm. No more than 15% of total fee income should come from an individual client. This relates to recurring fees only and regular fee reviews should take place on clients to ensure limits are not exceeded. Accepting gifts can be seen as a way to influence the audit. Auditors may want to please the client so they continue to receive gifts which could affect decisions being made. The safeguard or recommendation is to only accept modest gifts. If it is a small token, it is unlikely to affect the audit. Anything else should be politely declined. The auditor should also document any gifts offered on the audit file. Self-review threats include accounting and tax services, 
internal audit services, and if a client staff joined the audit firm. Provision of accounting or tax services is allowed if it is not a listed client. If listed, they must politely decline the offer. The same applies to internal audit services. If it is a listed client, it is not allowed. The general recommendation for provision of other services is if it is not listed. Separate teams should be used so individuals do not audit their own work. If a client member of staff joins the audit firm, they have a close connection to the client and may have personal feelings towards staff there which could affect their judgment. They could also technically be auditing their own work and may not identify mistakes made. The safeguard or recommendation is that they should not take part in the audit of this client for at least two years since their employment ended there. Familiarity threats include the length of time the client has been at the audit firm and family or friends working for the client. The longer the audit firm has worked with the client naturally, the less objective and more trusting they can become. The audit partner who is responsible for the audit should therefore be rotated on a regular basis to improve objectivity. Seven years is currently the recommended maximum that an audit partner should be working with the client. Family and friends working at a client would naturally cause problems for an auditor remaining objective and not allowing personal feelings affect their judgment. Therefore, the auditor should not take part in the audit assignment if they have family and friends working there. Advocacy threats include representing a client in court or any dispute and negotiating on the client's behalf for finance. If representing a client to resolve the dispute or to assist in a court case happens, remember it is impossible to remain independent and work alongside them speaking on their behalf. The same applies to negotiating on their behalf. The perception given by representing them means auditors would almost certainly not be seen as independent. The recommendation or safeguard is that auditors are not allowed to act in this way. They must politely decline any offer of these services. Intimidation threats include Overdue fees and litigation between clients and auditors. If fees are overdue, there is a risk the client is withholding fees to try and influence the outcome of the audit. The recommendation safeguard should be to discuss the issue with the client, then delay further work until the fees paid. If there is a court case between the client and the audit firm, it is almost impossible to maintain a professional relationship and be objective during the audit process. The audit firm should therefore resign as it is not possible to complete an audit assignment effectively. You should now understand the five threats to objectivity that an auditor may face, and also how to manage those threats if they arise. Our next step is to look at another ethical risk. Conflicts of interest. A conflict of interest arises when the audit firm has the opportunity to audit two connected clients, for example, to audit two competitors or clients that are in a major supplier-customer relationship. This situation may arise if you have a client and due to your experience in that field you have been approached by the other client. It can also arise when audit firms merge, and they find that both parties have a client that is connected to the other. The main issue with the conflict of interest is confidentiality. Both clients will be concerned with sensitive information being leaked from one party to another which the other client could react to. It is advised that audit firms should avoid conflicts wherever possible, but if a conflict is present, they should ensure sufficient safeguards are in place. The safeguards are as follows. The audit firm should discuss with both clients whether they are both happy to continue with the same audit firm. If it is a no, then they must decline the audit assignment or resign. If it is a yes, then they need to ensure confidentiality can be maintained. This can be done by having separate audit partners heading up the audit teams. Separate audit teams and offices, if possible, should be set up. Training on the importance of confidentiality should be given to all staff on either audit team. 
Confidentiality agreements can be signed by the audit staff to enforce the importance of not discussing the client data. If the audit firm cannot guarantee safeguards as strong enough, they should not continue with both audits. The final issue to discuss in this article is breaking confidentiality. We have discussed the importance of keeping client information confidential and it is one of the fundamental principles from the ethical code which should be followed. However, there are instances where confidentiality can and should be broken. There are three situations with which we can categorize disclosing information regarding the audit client, and they are when the client has given permission to disclose, where there is a legal duty, and where it may be in the public interest. The client may give the auditors permission to disclose information about them to a third party. This may be part of the normal process of an audit. For example, when first accepting an audit assignment, a professional clearance letter is sent to the previous auditors. This asks for any professional reasons why the auditor should not accept the assignment. The client permission must be obtained before writing to the old auditors and responding back to the potential new auditors. Other independent parties may also be approached by the audit firm, including the bank to confirm the bank balance, the auditors contact the bank asking for a bank report to confirm directly. Again, permission is needed before any contact is made with the bank. There may be a legal duty to disclose information about the client. This could be if there is a concern that they may be involved in any illegal activity, such as money laundering. Before any disclosure is made, the auditors must ensure they have sufficient evidence to prove this and should seek legal advice first. The auditors may also be summoned to court to give evidence regarding the client. In this situation, the court takes precedent, and they must attend and give the evidence required. The auditor may also find themselves in court defending themselves against a client, for example. In this case, the auditor has the right to provide information about the client to defend themselves rather than be silent. Acting in the public interest is important for an auditor to maintain the reputation of their profession. If they find the client they are working with is doing something immoral, they may decide to disclose this information externally. Examples could include environmental issues such as pollution or the client not acting in the public interests. Caution must be taken as proving something is in the public interest is difficult. Discussions within the audit firm should include audit partners for additional advice and even legal advice should be taken before any disclosure is made. To summarize this article, we have covered ethical risks relating to auditors. These were threats to objectivity, conflicts of interest, and breaking confidentiality. All three issues are addressed at the acceptance stage of an audit to identify how likely it is that these issues will cause problems for the audit process. Confidentiality is an ongoing issue for the auditors and should be considered if any of the issues mentioned arise when working for the client. If the auditor's ethical behavior would be affected during an audit assignment, they should consider whether they should continue working on the audit assignment. I hope you found this article useful. Thank you. Thank you.